Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and we're going to be in Revelation chapter 7 today, the 144,000. Here we are, speaking of 1,000, 2,021, who knows what this year might bring us. It, we're waiting, all waiting for the other shoe to drop. We have a new president. His supporters are openly talking about depro- deprogramming us and re-educating us, even putting us in camps, openly talking about it. Uh, the, the coronavirus, who knows what's going to happen? Will it mutate? Will it go away? Will the vaccine, will it mutate? It is mutating. Will that, what's going to happen with that? What's going to happen to the, our economy? We're like, we just feel unsettled, don't we? In Middle East, we have these peace deals that were started under President Trump. But what's going to happen right now? What's going to happen now moving forward? That, that There's uh, always a war is always ready to blow up there at any time. We know it's coming, Revelation. And we here, are, here we are in Revelation in the seal judgments in chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6, we've been doing the seal judgments. It's a horrible time. But in chapter 7, we have a commercial break. God lets us catch our breath. Very good timing because we need some hope, right? We need some hope in Revelation chapter 6 and 7. And we need some hope in 2021. And this is our hope. Very encouraging passage here. Let's focus on this. Father, we just thank you for your word. And we thank you that we know what's going to happen. We don't know how it's all going to happen, but we know what's going to happen. We know Jesus is coming back again for us, and we just have to keep growing and living for him and, and looking for him. I just pray that you would, your spirit would speak to us now through your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Revelation 6, we just did the, the seal judgments, the seven seals. We got through six of them. And then at the end of chapter 6, we saw where uh, verse 17, what he said, For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Who can stand? In chapter 7, the very next uh, verse, who can stand? Revelation 7 is God's answer to that question. God's mercy during the tribulation. 144,000 super evangelists are preserved. Huge multitudes will be saved during this time. Believers in Jesus Christ can stand. They will stand. This is the answer, chapter 7. Let's start with the first eight verses, and we're going to look at the 144,000 who are sealed here. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to do harm to the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000. From the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. From the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. And from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. From the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. So, we have 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, which is 144,000. Jews today no longer have any idea what tribe they are from. The records have been destroyed. They can't prove their genealogy anymore. We know from Jesus Christ's genealogy, 
Matthew and Luke, we know that the Messiah was from the tribe of Judah. It was prophesied. It had the Messiah had to come from the tribe of Judah. Jesus can trace his lineage back to the tribe of Judah, back to David himself. But you could never longer prove this. If you were to come now and say, I'm the Messiah and I'm from the tribe of Judah, you could no longer prove this. We don't know what happened to the records. We don't know if Herod destroyed them after the wise men took off and he was paranoid, didn't want anybody to be able to claim they were the Messiah. So we don't know if, if that's when it happened. We don't know uh, if, if the Romans did it in 70 AD when they destroyed Jerusalem. We don't know. But the point, the, the key is the Messiah has to have already come. He cannot come and claim he's from the tribe of Judah anymore. The Messiah, the Jews are waiting for the Messiah. Ah, it's, he has had to already come because he has to prove his genealogy and he had to appear in the second temple. Prophecies said that the Messiah, Old Testament prophecies, that the Messiah would come to the second temple, present himself, and that's gone. It's impossible for the Messiah to come. He had to already have come before that temple was destroyed and before the records were destroyed, and Jesus did both. He's the true Messiah. So, but God does, they don't, nobody knows what tribe they're from now, but God does know what tribe each Jew is from. God knows, and he picks 12,000 from each. In the 12,000 tribes list, if you see what we just read, we notice that Judah is first. Once again, Messiah came through. But the 12 tribes present a puzzle because Ephraim is left out, but Joseph is there. Joseph is there, but Ephraim is left out, which is strange uh, because usually it's, it's Joseph or Ephraim and Manasseh. Joseph or Ephraim and Manasseh, one of, or the other. Okay, now let me just look here real quick. Manasseh. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's just strange that Joseph is there, but also uh, Manasseh, but not Ephraim. It, it, that doesn't make any sense with the listings throughout the, the rest of the Bible. It doesn't make sense. Also, Dan is missing. The tribe of Dan is also missing. We all have heard of the, the legend of the lost tribe of Dan. They're missing here. Many have said over time that, over history, that they were left off the list because Ephraim and Dan their leaders were very idolatrous and, and they lost their possessions and, and this is part of that punishment. I don't think that's the best explanation. I think the best explanation is very simple. It's a scribal error. It was a copying mistake. The ancient Greek manuscripts used abbreviations for these tribes. Why? Well, you would too if you were copying the entire Bible over and over again by hand. You'd use some abbreviations. And very likely and very probable that Dan was copied as man. There was a little scribal error. Dan, man. Uh, Dan is actually in some of the older manuscripts, so we, we know very likely that happened. Uh, and that explains why it really shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be, uh, uh, it should be Joseph. And then, but not Manasseh. Manasseh shouldn't be there. Just like Ephraim's not be there. The two sons of Joseph shouldn't be there. Dan, Manasseh really isn't there. Man is not there. It's Dan that's actually there. Okay? So anyway, uh, Israel has a vital role to play in the end times. Pick 12,000 tribes, 144,000. Some Christians, amillennialists, believe that the 144,000 are symbolic for the church. This is, they get this from replacement theology, that the church has replaced Israel, that the Christian church is the new Israel. Uh, not, only, I, not only is this not very good biblical 
theology, but it's also very dangerous because it has laid the framework over the years for much of the anti-Semitism that we have seen. I'm not saying everybody's replacement is anti-Semitic, but they're definitely not as supportive of, of the nation of Israel and God's purpose for Israel as they should be, and it's opened many, many doors throughout history. Uh, so anyway, the cults also claim to be uh, part of this. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses say they're the 144,000. I, but I always ask the Jehovah Witness, well, what tribe are you from? They can't ever tell me. Anyway, uh, but, but Israel has not been replaced. This is just more proof that Israel has not been replaced. The early church was mostly Jewish. Replacement theology did not start until 160 AD. You're starting to see hints of it being introduced. And it was bad then and is bad now. Dangerous then, dangerous now. Uh, although we Christians share many Old Testament prophets that were given to the Jews, we share in many of the covenant promises, that's true, and many Jews have become Christians and share in the blessings of, of Jesus Christ, their Messiah. There is still a distinct, a clear and distinct plan for the nation of Israel in the end times here in the book of Revelation. Very, very clear. Okay, so we have 144,000 Jews. Why are they sealed? Why are they sealed? John calls them servants. The Greek word actually means doulos, which is the word we always refer to as servant or slave. Slave. It's the same word that Paul used for Christians. So these are believing Jews, Christian Jews, completed Jews. Okay. The main function of a servant of Jesus Christ is to share the gospel, and that's what they're going to be doing. These 144,000 are going to, they're going to be like 144,000 Apostle Pauls, Billy Grahams, sharing the gospel with those who haven't taken the mark of the Antichrist. And they will have a huge response, as we will see. Just wait till we see the response. They will have the, the seal of, they're going to be sealed by God. They're going to have the seal of God on their forehead. We're not sure what it's going to look like, but we know it will be very likely visible, just like the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to have the 666, but the seal of God will be on the Christians' foreheads. Those that God has chosen, they will have the seal on their forehead, and it will be visible. Very common back in biblical times for soldiers or religious devotees to have a mark on their forehead. It showed consecration. It was conspicuous. All right, uh, think of today with uh, Ash Wednesday. People putting the the you know the the the, the cross on their forehead, and it just shows up so much. Or, or Hindus, when they go to the temple, they have the red uh, dot on their forehead, and that showed that they had been, you know, in the temple doing their doing their religious rites that day. Uh, but that's what's going to be on their head, and this seal will protect them from God's wrath. This seal will protect these 144,000, and I believe all believers will be protected from God's wrath by this seal. Uh, not by man's wrath, but by God's wrath. From, I'm sorry, from, uh, from God's wrath. Not from man's wrath, but from God's wrath. A lot of people say, well, how could believers go through the tribulation, you know, because, you know, we'd have to be taken up pre-tribulation rapture. And that's possible. And, you know, I've said many times, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, all three are very possible biblically. We pray for pre-trib. We prepare for mid-trib or post-trib. We, we have to be prepared for all three. But, of course, if we could choose, we'd all pick pre-trib. And all three, are, I think, are equally defensible. I, I hate to see Christians divide over the, these positions because we don't know. 
We just don't know. It's not that clear. Uh, but but I, w- I wouldn't divide over with anybody or argue with anybody over them. I'd just say make sure that you know your position, but you're prepared for the others just in case. Yeah. And and so, but this is a picture. People say, well, how could we be, be protected in the tribulation? All these horrible things happening because of God's mark on our forehead. In fact, uh, uh, let's see here. It, verse 3, do not harm the land or sea or trees until we have put a seal of God on their forehead. Uh, chapter 9, verse 4. Chapter 9, verse 4 shows the effect of this. And uh, they were talking about the, um, the, the demonic creatures that come out of the abyss. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any, any plant or tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So here clearly these demonic creatures are going to uh, uh, torture people, but anybody who has the seal of God on the forehead won't be touched. And God can easily send his judgments but not touch his people. He can easily do it. Think of, of the, um, the Exodus. The Jews living right next door to the Egyptians, but they weren't touched. They weren't harmed. The angel of death didn't kill because of the blood on the doors. And, and none of the plagues touched the Israelites. They avoided all of them because God protected them. So it, it, we can definitely go through the tribulation with the seal of God on our forehead. And God's wrath won't touch us, but man's wrath will. Okay, so... Uh, it's a good, I think from these verses I just read to you, there's a good chance that all believers will receive some kind of mark on our forehead. That plus our witnessing for Jesus Christ is going to result in incredible persecution. Each human being on earth at this time will have to choose, just like we need to choose now. (laughs) It's not as visible, but we need to make a choice now. We have to choose the mark of the beast or the seal of God on our forehead. What will we choose? And these 144,000 that are sealed by God will lead many to Christ as the next scene in heaven shows. Let's look at verses 9 to 14. Verse 9, After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one can count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know... That pop quiz, and he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Awesome hymn, Washed in the Blood. So, there's this uncountable number. Verse 9 says, An uncountable number from every tribe and nation. They're wearing white, which stands for purity and victory. Dead sea, uh, Dead sea Caves, when they found the skeletons there, they were wearing white robes. They were looking forward to this very time. They're holding palm branches, which represent victory. Victory, there's only one other time in the New Testament that we see, in the New Testament, that we see palm branches being held. And that is John chapter 12. In John chapter 12, verse 12. Make sure I got the right verse here. Um, yeah, John chapter 12, verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that came for the feast 
heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the king of Israel. The only other time, that's the victory, that's the connection, it has the palm branches have roots in the Feast of Tabernacles where they use the palm branches. There's this huge, huge number. They're praising God, they're praising the Lamb. Who are they? Verse 13, the guy gives them the pop quiz. Who are they? And he says, I don't know, you know. Verse 14, he says, these are they who have came, come out of the great tribulation. These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. Uh, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They've come out of the great tribulation, seven years of hell, literally hell on earth. Could They could be Christians. They could be us that have gone into the tribulation and then we become martyred. That could be. Or maybe the rapture has already happened and these are converts, converts that happen after the, the rapture. Okay, let's go with this position today. We, we always bounce around a little bit. Let's go with this one because there's... 66% chance, <laughs> two-thirds chance that uh, that we're going to be gone before the, the end of the tribulation here, right? Uh, we'll go in the beginning or the middle, all right? But this, the, we can still see how we get such a huge crowd. First of all, the effect of the rapture. If the rapture has already happened, think of the impact that that will have on our family and our friends who all think we're crazy now for this Jesus guy. Also, we'd really disappear, just like we said we would, right? Think of the impact. Wow, it's really true. That's why you probably should leave a, a letter, uh, you know, in case of rapture, break this glass, a DVD or a letter. They used to sell those <laughs> uh, left behind DVDs, right? Uh, break glass. Uh, but think of that, what, what it would do. It would result in many people coming to Christ. Also, there's 144,000 Super witnesses, Apostle Pauls, Billy Grahams. Think about the impact they're going to have, not just the, the normal Christians who are going to be witnessing to their friends and family and, and everyone, but think of, think of the 144,000 super evangelists going throughout the, the earth. Think of what that's going to be like. Also, we know the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out in a powerful way, a, a super powerful way. In fact, in the book of Joel, in the book of Joel, verse Two, starting with verse 28, it says this, the day of the Lord, talking about it, it says, and afterward I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance among the survivors whom the Lord calls. And so we, we know in the end times there will be a second Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is going to be poured out in a powerful way. This was actually quoted in Acts chapter 2, but only partially fulfilled by Acts chapter 2. It's going to be completely fulfilled here in the book of Revelation. On top of all these things, there's going to be chaotic conditions like we saw in Revelation 6. It's going to Think of what the coronavirus has shaken people's confidence and, and world shaking it. Think about what Revelation 6 is going to do. The six seals, uh, the uh, judgment seals, it's going to shake their false 
sense of security. Think of 9-11 times a, a million. That's what it's going to do. People are going to be open and thinking. Also, we're going to have the world's largest population. Even if it happened today, it's a huge population. But imagine in a couple more years, how many more billion people may be here by the time of, of this event happening. It will be the world's largest population. And as a result, we're going to have countless, the Bible says here, countless converts, probably more converts during the tribulation than all the centuries combined before that. And they're going to have to make a choice between Jesus Christ and the Antichrist, between 666 and, and the seal of God on their forehead. They're going to have to make this choice, this decision. And in the midst of the tribulation, we see God's mercy. Many are going to be saved, washed, their robes washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. They're going to be washed white. First John 1, 7 talks about this very thing, what the blood of Jesus Christ does. In First John 1, 7 it says, Sure, I have the right verse here. First John 1, 7. <clears throat> but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. With I'm sorry, we have fellowship with one another and with the blood and the blood of... I'm going to read it again. Uh, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. The blood of Jesus Christ is the stain remover, the sin stain remover. It allows us to come into to, to God's presence, to have daily fellowship with God. First John 1, 9, right after it says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. We, we, it allows us to come into God's presence. Are you washed in the blood? Are you washed in the blood? Have you allowed the cross of Jesus Christ to take the place of your sin, if you confessed your sin, put your faith in Jesus Christ, His death on that cross, the blood that He shed, have you put your faith in Him? Have you taken that step? The moment you do that, you receive the seal of God on your forehead and someday it will become visible to for everyone to see. Uh, John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Life. Have you ever believed in Jesus? Put your faith in Him, received eternal life that starts the moment you put your faith in Him and goes out through all eternity. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, we look forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. We may be raptured uh, before He even show. He may meet us in the air seven years before He even comes back and rapture us, uh, or He'll take us through it. Either way, we are under the blood of Jesus Christ. If you have, you have been promised life this very second that will go on someday forever with Jesus. Jesus someday in heaven. And we end this chapter with a glimpse of heaven. In Revelation 7, verse 15, we see a glimpse of heaven. He ends it with this. It's awesome. Just a glimpse, but it's enough for us. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will spread His tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
Woo! A glimpse of heaven. Doesn't that sound nice? A glimpse of heaven. Doesn't that sound nice right about now? No, verse 16, no hunger, no thirst, no sunburn. You know, they don't need sunscreen anymore. Even though it's very bright in heaven, no sun burning them. But no hunger, no thirst. Now remember, these came out of, these people came out of the great tribulation. They couldn't buy food. They couldn't sell anything without the mark of the beast. They were hunted like animals. You talk about hunger and thirst. Hunted like animals, but it will be the opposite in heaven. Seven years years of hell are going to be traded for eternity in heaven someday with the very opposite. Verse 17, it says the lamb will be their shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. John 10, 11, uh, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He's talking about the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd there in John chapter 10. I'm the good shepherd. Uh, He says we're going to have springs of living water. The Jewish... uh, understanding of living water is it had to be flowing water. It couldn't be stagnant in a pool. It had to be flowing. It was fresh. It, it was special. Uh, uh, John chapter 4 talks about this very thing. In John chapter 4, I'll just read you what Jesus said. Jesus says in verse chapter 4, verse 10, If you knew the gift of God and who the, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Talking about the, to the woman at the well, right? Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And this is the fulfillment of the living water, eternal life. It's the fulfillment of it. The ultimate fulfillment is in heaven someday. And he also says he's going to wipe every tear from their eyes in verse 17. Wipe every tear from their eyes. Uh, Revelation 21.4 gives even a little bit more detail on that. What, 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 what's going to happen when he wipes those tears from our eyes? I'm just going to read that to you. It's really awesome. Awesome way to end this sermon and to give us a, a, a catch our breath in the middle of all these judgments, right? In 21 verse 4, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Here we go. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) No more death. No more death. What has caused more tears than anything else in all of history? Death. Nothing, nothing is is sad as that and is rending as, as death, right? More tears than all else combined, all other suffering combined. But now you can never be there's no more death. You will never be separated from your loved ones again. There'll be no more mourning, no more loss. We won't lose people, places, or things ever again. There will be no crying. Every time we get hurt, we cry as a kid, and as adults, we cry. No more crying. There's because there's no more pain, physical pain, emotional, mental, spiritual pain gone. It's completely gone. There's a total healing. Some healing we experience now in all these areas, right? Uh, with our pain at salvation, a lot of things are just. Healed instantly, or as we start to grow in our sanctification, we get our healing in many ways with through counseling and breaking strongholds. But but some pain will only be healed in heaven. Painful memories will be completely erased. Even people that we knew on earth that rejected Jesus Christ and they're not in heaven. Think of the horrible how that tortures us now. But that memory will be erased. It will be dealt with in such a way that it won't bring us any more pain. I, I have no idea how. Only God knows that. It will no longer have any. Those memories will no longer have any power over us. Now, 
as a Christian. We don't know if we will go through the tribulation. We're hoping that we won't, and we took the premise that it was pre-tribulation rapture today, but there are many tribulations in life, right? Are we focused on heaven? Are we focused on heaven? Uh, the hope that we have going to heaven, that has to be our focus. Are we prepared? Are we preparing for heaven? Are we prepared? Are we wearing our white robes? Our white robes. John, who wrote the book of Revelation, also wrote the Gospel of John, but he also wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And in 1st John chapter 3, listen to what he says, verse 1, how, gr how great is the love, how great, I know the song, it's a different version, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him for we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies Himself just as He is pure. Every one of us, knowing we're going to be with Jesus, be like Jesus, going to see Him, we should it says here everyone has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure are we purifying ourselves are we getting ready for the coming of Jesus Christ are we getting ready for the rapture whatever comes first are we getting ready for that what if this was the last day on earth what if you knew this was the last day on this earth before you were with Jesus how would you live how would you live would you still watch the same thing on TV would you still do the same thing on your phone? Would you still do the same thing on your computer? Would you still think the same thoughts? Would you still talk to people the same way? Would you still, uh, you know, put something off that needs to be done? Witness to someone, right? Uh, what, what, how would you live? How would you live? Knowing that you're going to be in God's presence, how would you live today? That's how we should be living every day. Like it's our last day on earth. Because it could be, even if it's not even Jesus coming again. But it's, it's God calling us home. We have to be ready. Are we ready for heaven? Are you ready for heaven? If you stood before God this next second, in the flash, in the twinkle of an eye, if you stood before God and He were to say, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Are you ready? Are you ready to face God. There's only one way to be ready. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Are you ready to face God? Are you ready for eternity in heaven or in hell? You have to choose today. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, are you ready to stand before God? If He were to say to you right this second, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? There's only one right answer. So many people when I ask that question, they say, well, I've been good, or I try to be good, and I've never done X, Y, and Z, and I go to church, and I was baptized, I was confirmed, I was something. Something. Something they did instead of what Jesus Christ has done. It's nothing that we can do. It's only what Jesus has done. The only answer before the throne of God is I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. I put my trust in Jesus. Given my life to Him. If you haven't done that, you can do it right now. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and 
only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can believe in Jesus. That word means to put your faith in Him. It's not an intellectual. It's in the heart. It's in the soul. Putting your complete faith in Jesus' death and resurrection for you. You can do that now. The simple but powerful prayer of faith right now. God, I repent of my sin. I turn away from my old life and walk the other way. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. His death, His resurrection for me to pay for my sin, to give me a new life. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Him. If you need to hear that again, rewind the tape and go back and listen to that 20 times if you have to. The prayer of faith. I put my faith in Jesus. If you have taken that step of faith, you have just been given a place before the throne of God in heaven someday for all of eternity. And, and it doesn't, life doesn't start then. It starts this second. You have a brand new life here on this earth in Jesus that goes, out to, goes through all of eternity with him someday. I want to encourage you, if you put your faith in Jesus, to tell somebody. Maybe you have a parent or a family member or a friend who's been praying for you or witnessing to you. You know they're really a Christian. Somebody at work. Somebody on your team. Somebody at school. A teacher. Somebody. Let them know. And if you need to tell someone, tell me. Email me. nhcc at comcast.com Email me and I'll be excited for you and help you get connected and grow spiritually. For those of us who are already Christians, how is God speaking to us? What if this was our last day on earth? How would we live? Well, let's go live it. Father, I pray that every one of us would live like Jesus could come anytime because we know that He can. I pray that we live that way. We would live not just with salvation, but sanctification. With white clothes and with palms of victory. In victory. In faith. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I hope you enjoyed chapter 7 because... uh, I think it's going to get rough when we get to chapter 8 again. That was our little catch your breath. Ah, yep, it's going to get a little rougher. Hang on. (laughs) All right, let's enjoy today. God bless.